welcome to more to come pw comic world's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing i'm calvin reed senior news editor at publishers weekly and co-editor of pw comics world uh check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics uh welcome uh to this week's more to come and i have the great good pleasure um uh thanks to the uh, technological achievements of skype to be talking with nick susanis um eh, let me get this right here uh eyes high postdoctoral fellow in comics study at the university of calgary um uh he is also uh the author of unflattening a an extraordinary new book coming out from harvard university press that started as his PhD dissertation, um, a PhD in, in education from Teachers College at Columbia University. Uh, Nick, uh, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Um, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. So pleased to be here. Um, we've, we've got so much to talk about here. Uh, obviously, your book, uh, a, 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 a the best way to – I'm trying to describe – it is. Um, I mean, if, if people are familiar with uh, with Scott McCloud, if you partnered the comparison, um, and his book Understanding Comics, which took the examination of the medium to a whole new level, you seem to have have really enlarged on that with a book that is it's this powerful metaphorical examination of human perception. Driven by wonderful visual metaphor that eventually sort of segues into an amazing comparison and kind of discussion of of comics as, in fact, maybe the ideal vehicle for delivering information to the human brain. Is is that a good description of unflattening? I love it. Uh, It's better than I could um well great there you go so i made it but tell you in your in your words why don't you tell um uh the the more to come audience um maybe you can elaborate on my um uh, and i say that as a great admirer of this book so uh that's how it touched me wow I, well i really appreciate that that's good to know um i i mean i think my general argument was to say especially in academia where i was writing this uh, or drawing it whatever the right word is um, Both. <laughs> it, yeah, where I was making this thing, um, is that, you know, the, we make sense of the world, we create knowledge in ways beyond, you know, lines of text. And, and we've often talked about visual thinking and other kinds of things, but usually it's still in books that are all text that say visual thinking is important, but then you go back and the, the tests are in text and everything. And so, so I really wanted to, to, walk the walk the talk instead of just talking about it um and i'm a comics maker and i I also believe strongly in how powerful they are as a tool of communication and to sort of bring those things together and say look we can we can be more than this if we bring in all the different ways we make meaning well this this is strictly i want and i want to get deeply into the book but i am curious i mean as as a non-academic myself, uh, I mean, I, and we talked about this before, I, I, fe- I was a bit startled to see um, that, uh, you know, a major Ph.D. program would accept a work of comics. Hmm. Um, and but you, you, you didn't seem to you didn't seem to think that it was a problem. And, and apparently it wasn't a problem. Can, can you talk a little bit about a, about that, about a, a, a dissertation in comics? Yeah, sure. I mean, I came back to school uh, into the doctoral program at Columbia um, 
a little bit naively, I think. Uh, I just, you know, I, I was familiar with McLeod's work and, and Spiegelman's work and all the range of very serious work in comics. So when I pitched to them that I was going to do my work in comics form based on some stuff I'd done previously, I just assumed, why not? You know, I, th I thought the argument had been won already. Mm. Um, and I think in terms of my advisors, uh, you know, I think they were ready. They, they, you know, I was in a school of education and there'd been a lot going on in comics and education. Uh, the comic book project by Michael Bitts had come out of Columbia. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So I think they were, you know, they, it's not that they knew anything about comics, but they knew, they knew that it was happening. And, you know, so I think they were willing to, to see what happened, and, and and honestly, I thought I would just make a comic book that would be my work on whatever I chose to, but I, I, I realized as I was in the process and giving talks on it that I not only had to, that, you know, that I was stepping into a bigger environment and that, that not everyone was so accepting of it, um, and so that the work became much more political and had to, as you said in your intro of it, it, it had to argue for itself and it had to argue why comics were such a powerful communication tool. Um, so it's sort of, it's this broader argument about education and then it's wrapped inside it is this thing to say, this is why comics matter. And, and so hopefully this may, is likely the first dissertation entirely in comics, but more importantly, I hope it's not the last one because it's made an argument that says the next person who wants to come along can just say, well, it, it's, there's a precedent now. Yeah. Um, so... Well, you know, yeah. I'm going to jump in here uh, because I want to get more deeply into hearing you uh, talk a bit about the book and the making of the book. But but <laughs> I want to give our, our listeners a little bit of uh, a sense of who you are and your background um, uh, and how you went from obviously from. And I've seen some of your early comics. You sent me a, a, a link to some some of your early work. Um, but how you went from making. Um, you know, some sort of a kind of politic, politicized comics looking at mm -hmm. the world to um, really coming up with a work that, you know, kind of is what, you, what you're examining. I mean, it, 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 the, the, your use of visual metaphor uh, is, uh, is really striking uh, in mm -hmm. flattening. But give us a sense of your background and, and how you came to become an academic in comics. Ah, oh, boy, that's a – I mean where, – Where are you from originally? I'm from Michigan, from rural Michigan, and then eventually I spent about a decade in Detroit before coming out to New York. Um, but I made comics as a kid. I mean, I made, I, I printed my own superhero comic who does make an appearance in the book. Um, so I did that for a long time, and then I went to college. I was a, I studied mathematics. Ah. Um, and I think it's, I mean, I think this is really interesting. I, I went to undergrad slightly slightly before understanding comics came out, um, which dates me, I suppose. Um, but, uh, in, you know, you, when I went to school, I thought, well, you go to school for serious things. And so even though I made comics and I spent an enormous amount of time on it, it wasn't something I even thought about going to school for. Um, and so to me, it's really fascinating to be some years later and, and not, not only I get to make comics for the highest work that I'll, you get to do, but also teach it to teachers who, you know, who then use it in their classes. So I think that, that, that 20 years or something really represents an enormous change um, in the perception of comics. Uh, so, yeah, so I studied mathematics and I, I kept making comics on the side. I, I mentioned in the pre-conversation I was a tennis player, uh, mm -hmm. so I spent 
years on the road traveling around playing tennis. And then I came back to school in Detroit. And did you do some... any tennis comics? <laughs> you know, it's, I was just talking about the other I almost, because uh, I was on the, the sort of bottom level of the tour. And so I, I would interview guys because that was sort of my nature is to, to get stories out. And so were you on I, the pro I, tour? The, I, I'm, my hand is showing the bottom of the thing. Right. I, yeah, it was. Well, as a sports nut, I'm impressed. So go on. Nah, <laughs> anyway, mostly I've taught it, but uh, but but it gives you a good experience to see the world. Um, sure. But um, you know, so I came back to school and I did a mixed mixed degree in art and mathematics, and then uh, that's quite, I ended up that's in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, but that's a big part of the work. Is like, you know, I mean, I think in 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 through education or through our culture, we tend to say. You know, you put ourselves in boxes. We can be, you can be, you know, art people aren't supposed to be good at mathematics and math people aren't supposed to like, but I, but I think those are sort of artificial borders we draw around each other or draw around ourselves. And, um, and I, you know, I mean, I think you, you get looked at oddly when you, you say you did those different things in your life. Um, but I don't think it should be that odd. And I think that's a big argument for the work. And and so I think in my own sort of development, like yes, I made comics, but they kept staying at the side until till shortly before I came to doctoral school. And I think in my own head, as much as I liked it, and and it was a way to make good ideas, um, it, it sort of I saw it as this thing you did on the side. And I think it took me a while to realize, no, this is the you know I like working in image, I like working in text, and this is a way I can communicate. Uh, more deeply than than I can in other medium. So, um, it's, can you talk a little bit then about? I mean, you sent me a bunch of comics that look really interesting. I, I, I think there's comics done between about 2004, I think, in 2011. Yeah. In particular, uh, the game show in Detroit. Um, <laughs> I mean, in many ways, these seem to sort of be a precursor to the kinds of oh yeah comics that you're doing now. Well, I think it's a you know. A, I guess my the first there's some political comics that's sort of how I got back into it. It was for an art show in Detroit, and I it was just a very short time frame. I made some political comics, and um, I I don't know how to say this best, but the the very first very first one started out very much I think uh, mimicking McLeod's work in sort of my avatar telling the story. Oh yes, sure, yeah, I saw some. Um, yeah. mm. And and I think uh, you know I've seen there's been lots of educational comics, and I, I think that that tends to be the way they go, you know. And, and I think it, depending on who's handling it, tends to be more illustrating ideas than it tends to be embodying ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think pretty quickly I thought the way. I wanted to the way I wanted to go with it was to let the very the page do the work to let the the composition do the work to let the visual metaphor do the work rather than me talking about it um and so that that happened early but I, I mean I think it's I developed it a lot more as I started to examine how comics work and examine my own process um so I think those first things and that the the game show one um that was a that was a big you know this is this is a comic about games and game this history of games how games the work Detroit and sort of a game plot. show uh, in what two two thousand six or something? two thousand yeah I think that's right two thousand six it was an exhibition of games and education um, and I think that um, you know can you do very serious philosophy in comics form but also but also uh, that's a you know it's accessible but not dumb mm-hmm. you know I, mean, I think I have a really hard time with you know, I think people use comics as a gateway to other literacy. Sure. And I think, 
comics do really sophisticated stuff, and they do it in a way that people can read it. Um, so I think that became a really big goal. And 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 just to tie into the political work, uh, you know, I think it's it's too easy to make political comics that sort of rah rah for whatever team you're on. Mm-hmm. And and I really wanted to make comics that could that because I took out some of the the language that divides us that both sides might be able to read my comics and say, oh, and I and sort of see in a new way. And so I think I, I, I stretched that to the dissertation, which, you know, is very much about education. But the word education, the word school, the word teaching, none of those things, the word disciplines, none of those things appear in the work. And so the, the goal was to say, you know, how can you come to this work and not, you know, if you say the word something about schools, everybody has an opinion. But if you come at it through a, a metaphor that they might be able to to get connected to, I think they'll they might stay with the work and then start to see in different ways. If that all made sense, I, absolutely, it absolutely makes sense. Uh, on a more mundane tone yeah. note, note um, I mean, you also see in these comments to sort of, I, it, it, and I mean this in the best way, a leap in drawing. Uh, you really see your drawing transformed over years. Um, yeah, I mean, can you? Talk a little bit about that. I, I mean, I know that's a sort of like, you know, um, I guess that's a kind of sit in a chair and practice kind of issue. But um, has the evolution of your your actual drawing, has that, I mean, how is that figured in the process as well? Or is hmm. it not something that you worry about that much? Oh, I, I might worry about it, but I don't know. Um. I don't know the answer to that one. I mean, I think do I mean, I think the simple fact of just being there making it all the time, you have no choice to get better. And I think in the the case of the dissertation, I think the very first chapter was this attempt to make really difficult drawings. Um and and I think having to do them and then saying, "Well, all right, the next page I do has to be at least as well done as this one." And then 130 pages you have to keep pushing yourself to make the page better. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if my drawing skills got better, but I do think my eye for w- how to compose and how to make sure it all worked. I think that, that grew enormously through doing the work. I mean, honestly, I, I think making the work taught me how to make more work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Well, you know what? Let's, let, let's look at unflattening again. Uh, in the, the book opens with the sort of a look at flatness and of course the title of the book is unflattening and yeah i think you say something about not not it's not literal flatness that you're talking about but the um but the, the what is this the, the 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 well on one hand the contraction of possibilities but really the the book is as much about your your vantage point in the world and broadening mm-hmm. it enriching it uh you know as it is you know, talking about comics. In fact, comics comes later. There's a really interesting discussion of parallax vision. Can, can can you talk a little bit about how this comes to introduce us to this to the world of um of this this metaphorical world of of comics as um, a vehicle for information? Yeah, it's a, does that make sense? <laughs> it does. I don't know that I can give a concise enough answer, but I'll try. Um, uh, so the the term unflattening, I mean, sort of came backwards. I, I think I was in the early sort of cl- coursework at Columbia. I did um, 
you know, I, I researched, I studied Alan Moore comics a lot as like my researcher to follow. And, um, mm-hmm. and I started when I explained how comics worked, I said, you know, that they make things less flat. So I started talking about comics themselves as being a, a, an unflat medium because you could do layering and multimodal and all these sorts of things that comics do so well. And, um, but as I was sort of developing it, at the same time, my sort of concerns about education and where we're going with testing and sort of limited points of view um, was coming along. And, and so I was thinking about unflattening now on a conceptual level. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, so I think those things came together. And then the, the metaphor of flatland, which, which kind of came in late, which I'm familiar with from, just from mathematics and things like that. Um, so sort of a more literal version of what flatness can be. Um, I think those things came together. And then, you know, I mean, the metaphor you brought up parallax, the fact that, you know, we see through two eyes and each one is giving us a different view, but those different views have to get along. Um, I think that's sort of the the core of what I mean by unflattening. It's such a simple thing, you know. I mean, I think we take it for granted how our eyes work, mm-hmm. but... Um, but that idea that, you know, two different points of view, you need it to see perspective, you need it to see uh, dimensionality, and, and, and I think comics represent that. You know, they need, I know we can, we don't want to talk definitions of comics, but you put words and pictures next to each other and they start speaking together, I think it expands our depth of perception. Uh, well, that's, that's what's so interesting about the book, this metaphor of, of um, depth of perception, vantage point. Yeah, I mean, there is so much. And as I was reading, originally reading the book, you know, I'm thinking, well, this, you know, well, I think as I asked you before, there, well, there's a discussion of science um, that 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 is sort of once again very metaphorically driven. I mean, you don't, you, I mean, you, the 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 comics are (laughs) the thing that you talk about. but but I think one of the things I asked you when we had a little chat was like, is the book science or is it literature? And obviously hmm. you had a really interesting answer because it is as much a meditation on our on how the human mind works, you know, as it is just like you know, oh well, you need to do this, you know, use comics for this or use comics for that. It it it's though though it, though you you point toward that. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be the core of what you're saying. You you're out to let people understand that in many ways, as we get to comics, this this is how our brain works. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that anymore, <laughs> or did I just say it all? Yes. Oh no, I think you said it all. Um, no, but I think uh, science or literature. Science, unflattening. Yeah, uh, yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, it is. But but I think that's. Uh, and that really guided my work is to say I, I didn't want to make work that told you how to think. I, I, I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to make something that's educational but not didactic. In um, because I think, I mean, the journey for me to make this was such a what such of a joyful thing to sort of follow where my curiosity took me. Um, and I think learning ought to look like that. Uh, and I think too often learning looks like there's a right answer and there's a there's a you know, there's a way to do this. And I don't think, I think people are much more complex than that. So, I mean, I wanted to sort of capture that feeling of the joy of learning, I, I, you know, I hope. And I also think, you know, like I said at the opening, is, is knowledge supposed to be constructed in one way, you know, so that knowledge looks like rows of text or with 12-point font? Or does 
knowledge come in very different ways. Um, so, so I think I, I really tried to demonstrate that and was really guided by that. I think you have a better follow-up than I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, you know, let's let, let's just jump through some of the uh, uh, chapters here that I'm really curious about. For instance, in Chapter 3, The the Shape of Our Thoughts, you talk about um, um, – well, you talk about the nature of language uh, mm-hmm. and how, you know, how, they, how it's structured, how we think. Um, how did that – you know, how did, how did that flow of thought – figure into the, to the book. Yeah, well, and that chapter, and three and four really are, you know, this three is where I most specifically talk about comics. Um, and I think this, I mean, if you think a little bit like a typical dissertation is supposed to be, um, you know, this is sort of where you defend the, the form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so before I'm sort of doing the form, and here I turn to the reader and say, now, you know, this is, this is why what we've been doing works. Um, and, uh, and so I think in that sense, uh, you know, I had to talk about how, how our languages work, how languages is, uh, you know, sort of the, the things that we think in are sort of like the air we breathe. And so, you know, if I'm only thinking in one world, it's really hard to know that there's worlds outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, you know, the, so, so the language I'm thinking in makes it sort of, di- as much as that's powerful, it, in that it defines kind of what I can know, it can also confine what I'm able to know. Um, and so, you know, and so I introduced the specifics of comics here to say, well, when we come at this from, you know, from image and text, if we put image alongside it, we now maybe start to see the boundaries. We start to see the things that text couldn't bring us. And, and similarly, we'd see the things that image can't bring us. You know, I, I think we start to see the ways that we're missing things. Um, and I think comics do that so beautifully because they, they're, they're, you know, this term multimodal and that, uh, and it's big in education that, that, you know, image, action, gesture, color, all these things are ways that we communicate. Um, and if we need to include them in the picture of what communication looks like. And comics, comics are just, you know, inherently an example of, of wonderful multimodal communication. I mean, I think this is where you, you start breaking down. I mean, you talk of, words as uh, representing thought, images as, as spectacle, and you talk about the interplay between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this ability that comics, you know, is both. It's simultaneously um, reading and being. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I can, I might, maybe I will, can I speak more directly please, to that? Please do. Well, I think, uh, I mean, this this is really, I think, the most exciting thing for me both in terms of what I was discussing theoretically about comics, but also in in how I think uh, and how my practice of making them, is that, you know, I mean, comics have gotten the, the sequential art definition. And, and I think there's, you know, I mean, picture next to picture in that juxtaposition. And I think that's very true. But in that way, we sort of read like text, you know, we're going panel to panel. But at the same time, because, the you know, we take in a whole page at once, and, uh, you know, because it, comics are visual things, we have this simultaneous experience of a whole page. And I think there, you know, so if we think about how our brains work, it very much work, we can focus and have sequential linear tracks of thought. But at the same time, we have this overall, you know, you're, if I'm walking down the street, I'm paying attention to what I'm doing. 
I'm thinking about the next thing, but I also can think about what I had for dinner and, and have all those sideways, simultaneous thoughts going on. And I think comics let us, they let us, they let us do linear thinking and they let us do all over thinking at the same time and layer those things together. And that's where comics become such a powerful medium. Um, so I think in that way, it's more than just, it's more than just picture next to picture and it's more than just image and text. It's really two ways of being aware of the world. We're aware of the sequential, we're aware of time in a linear fashion, but we're very much aware of time in a all at once fashion. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to just keep segueing here because I, 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 Love to hear you just comment on the on these chapters. In chapter four, our bodies in motion. Can you talk a little bit about that chapter? Yeah. Um, so this one's a little more specifically about drawing as a as a way of thinking. And I think one uh, there's a page in there with the where I redrew the thinker. Um, uh, the, you know the classic mm -hmm, sculpture sure. by Rodin. Um, and I I think uh, you know our, our image of thinking is sort of the static figure you know sitting on that rock with the hand on the chin sort of alone and motionless um, and and that infers that that thinking is all in your head and I think when you you think about drawing I think any drawer will tell this tell this to you and and I think uh, Linda Berry's work really speaks well to it um, is that uh, you know, drawing is very much, we start to move, you know, our body is, is making a motion and that sort of action is partly how we think. And, you know, you're a sports person, I, I think very much the kinesthetic activity of, of sports is a kind of thinking. Um, so, I mean, when you, when you stop thinking that, that you're, that you're a, a sort of disembodied brain that has this body to move it around, but instead this disembodied thing that thinks through how you move, uh, that changes things. And then more specifically, um, you know, when you make a mark on a piece of paper, your visual system, which is processing enormous amounts of information, making relationships all the time, um, now is, is part of the system. So, so in there I talk about, you know, does it making comics, it becomes sort of a conversation with yourself in that I make some marks, I have some words. And then I start to see the relationships going on, and that generates new ideas. So I, I say the comics are smarter than I am, but I think it's that process of, of sketching and note-taking and seeing and letting my eyes be part of the feedback system. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm going to jump here to, because I'm curious uh, to hear you talk about uh, the fifth dimension. Mm -hmm. And um and I think this is the chapter where your 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 own character Lockerman comes in yeah, yeah comes into comes into play so uh I mean am I I mean the the fifth dimension I I think in is is a sense is imagination sure so uh, yes yeah, so can you can you tell me a little bit more about what the fifth well, dimension means in in your book yeah yeah I can and I, I actually got that reference from a Batman comic book, which in turn was referencing the Twilight Zone uh, even the more perfect <laughs> yeah um, and where are my references on my sleeve um but but I think I mean again, if you come back to education, I think we tend to to see imagination as something as for the fanciful and maybe outside the realm of what imagination is and and yet. We know, you know, if you, there's a famous Einstein quote and all kinds of scientists that imagination is an enormous part of what the sciences do, what serious thinking is. 
And more importantly, and, th and this comes back to your questions about perception, the fact is, you know, our, our visu visual system takes in lots of little fragments, uh, fragments of the world, and it, it's, it's our imagination in a much more mundane and all-at-once sense that is stitching together all the separate fragments of the world and making sense of them. So in order for us to even navigate the world, we have to have imagination all the time. So I think, you know, I mean, I think a big point of this work and other things I've done is that I, I think we try to reserve creativity and imagination for some people, and yet, yet it's present in all of us. So I think if we start to look at how uh, perception is part of it and, 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 and that as much more common to humanity, um, I think that opens up our possibilities as makers, as learners, as thinkers. Um, and I think, too, that when I was talking about the fragments, you know, sort of our stitching together fragments, then that sort of indirectly ties back to how comics work. You know, this, this, mm -hmm. this system of fragments that's stitched together by our imagination. So it all sort of tried to tie it back in. Well, you know, the, I, I, the, one of the things that really captured me about the book, I mean, it confused me a little bit only in the sense that, um, uh, you know, I was very impressed uh, with the, 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 this meditation on human perception. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I expected, I think, something a little different, I think, from a, an academic book. But yeah. as I was saying, it, it was it was more literary, as almost as if, you know, because as as we read, we, we're experiencing this, it, it, your, your points in our minds uh, in a way that's sort of different from, you know, a, a, I think a classroom experience. But also very interesting is how you adapted this form uh, to to academia. I mean, because. You know, you're, there aren't footnotes necessarily mm -hmm. in the book. Um, you refer to a, you know, to a wide range of thinkers throughout, and yet, you know, it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like homework necessarily. <laughs> um, you know, but I guess my, where, I, where I'm heading with this is that uh, is this a framework for purely for teaching? Uh, which obviously it can be, but are there lessons to be learned from actually making comics um, um, from from you know from your from unflattening? Wow, um, <laughs> does that make any sense? There. I mean, there are lessons to be had from that. As you said earlier, I mean, Scott McCloud's book sort of sort of it sort of sent a lot of nonfiction people down the road of you know, um, an, an avatar explaining a, a, a subject. But what's really interesting about your book is that, you mean, the, I mean, there's an authorial voice, but there isn't, uh, you know, there isn't a, a, you know, a teacher at the head of the classroom, you know, you know, necessarily pointing out. I mean, you, you, as you talk about, you know, parallax visions, you evoke it. It, mm -hmm. It's there. So, uh, are, are there lessons to be learned from the working cartoonist from your book? Well, uh, wow. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I think. I mean, one thing: uh, understanding comics. I think blew open the field, and it certainly did for me. And I think still is. Like you know, it's saying comics can be so many things, and. And I think its influence on sort of ec educational comics has been a lot of mimicry, but but I think we can we can keep we can keep pushing. And I think Scott's ending of the book is so brilliant, asking people to 
you know, take him up on these challenges. Sure. And, and um, she certainly has done. And, and yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> so, it's such a beautiful way to, to come to close. And, um, and so I hope in, in this sense, um, well, I hope I can keep track of my answer here. Well, is, I mean, the rambling I mean, question my, doesn't help, but go on. <laughs> you know, is that is that comics can do a lot of different things, and I, and I mean, this is not really responding to Scott's work at all, but it's mm-hmm. responding to, it, it's maybe responding more to comics as a gateway to higher to higher forms, and saying no, comics can be the form. Comics can be the form to do really complex, really sophisticated things, and. And, um, and, and yet we can make it accessible to, you know, I, I make little miniatures of my work and I hand it out to people and I hand it out to cab drivers, I hand it out to waiters. I mean, I don't care. And so people have read parts of my dissertation, you know, that would never, ever, you know, you say that it would, if you handed them the paper, you know, the text version of it, they would scowl at you. Um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I think comics are sort of, uh, uh, not decept, uh, subversive in that way, in that. You know, I, I you know I can do some really serious thinking in in comics form, and you might take it saying, "Oh, it's a comic book," and have sort of a per- not you necessarily, but one would take it and have sort of a perception of superheroes or cute animals or some something about a kind of cartooning, and yet once they're into that world, they're like, "Oh, comics can do a lot." So I mean, I, you know, I think cartoonists get this. I'm not sure it's as much for them as as a more broader audience. Mm-hmm. But but I hope it also says, hey, we can tackle anything we want, and maybe some of the things I try to do. But I, but I think that the educational part. I mean, I think about this in the classes I teach. Um, yeah, I teach classes to educators and and folks who tend to not be art makers. Um, but I, we make comics. We think about the composition. We think about how working in space. And I think when you know, people start to do that, they start to see possibilities that they hadn't. They start to find better ways to think. So I think, you know, there's a big push uh, that's uh, Center for uh, Cartoon Studies with practical cartooning. Mm-hmm. I think there's a real possibility for an explosion of using s- sort of the visual spatial relations of comics in by people who would never have been cartoonists in a classical sense. Mm-hmm. So I kind of hope this speaks to that audience as much as anything else. That was a very, rather long answer. No, yeah, yeah, well, that's what, you know, we, we want to hear you talk about the book. So, I, um, yeah, we don't need short answers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I, and I actually, you know, I want to I segue to, and maybe this is a little bit more mundane. I mean, I, this, this work is somewhat revolutionary, somewhat new. I mean, um, as you said, uh, hopefully it will lead to more dissertations yeah. in comics. But I'm curious now, as the book moved from, you know, an academic creation um, and med- meditation to, uh, you know, a commercial publication yeah. through, even though it's an, an academic press, it's a, you know, it's a uh, university presses our businesses. How was that process of moving it from dissertation to published book? Uh, what was the interaction with your editor and and I'm curious. I mean, many dissertations sort of have to be rejiggered for book yeah. publication. Uh, did you have to go through the same process with this? Obviously, comics is a, are kind of a tougher thing to restructure <laughs> after the fact. Yeah, that's a uh, well. First, uh, my my editor Sharmila Sen at Harvard uh, is awesome, um, and and I. 
just the very she called me up almost out of the blue uh, a couple years ago, or a year and a half ago now, having seen the work and um, just had a, an amazing conversation with her that was you know lots of people are interested in this work because of the novelty of it, mm-hmm. um, but she really saw you know what you've been talking about that that it is what it is rather mm-hmm. than talking about what it is. And she saw that so clearly in that first conversation that I, I knew I was in for a, a good journey. Um, and so when I so I finished it uh, last April May, um, and then I I did a little bit more. I mean, I, I cleaned up some of the drawings before I officially submitted it, just because there was some rushed. Uh, my daughter was born three weeks before I defended, so it was. Oh, cool. Last, I wish I didn't know that. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, Talk but, about uh, delivering, um, you know, nifty packages. Go on. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> an intense time. Um, but uh, so um, so I did some cleanup because the last chapter was pretty rushed in the dissertation version. Um, but so I handed it to them. Um, and then I went up to Harvard and sat with her for two days. And, and mostly we cut uh, – we cleaned up the length. Uh, you know, we we shortened shortened sentences. Mm-hmm. That was the bulk of what we did. We we cleaned it up, um, and and also because you know I, I use caption boxes a lot, and so my punctuation going from one to another uh-huh. was random because I was sort of inventing how you do that. Um, so we <laughs> we did a lot. I mean, I'd say the bulk of our work was just making my language a little tighter. Um, we she and I think wisely. Uh, we dropped two pages from chapter four. Interesting. Um, and why was that? Well, um, I think she just thought they were extraneous. Yeah. Um, there, there was one very much, uh, I'm in it. It's the only one that I'm sort of directly in. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, I'll probably put it on my site, but it, but it's about my process. And it was probably unnecessarily, uh, it's not a bad page. I'm not unhappy yeah. with the page. But I, I think she just didn't, she thought it was a little too much for the narrative. And I, I think she's right. I mean, um, and, and the other one, the other one was a little very, very specific about drawing that just didn't, just didn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, uh, nothing bad about it on its own. So I think it kept, it kept the narrative a little better. And, um, so that, those are the two things. Uh, I think I redrew the last page on my own just cause I needed it. I mean, it was my own decision. And then uh, there was no. That's about it. There was there was one last minute page added uh, the day before it went to print, um, but only because of a pagination issue. Um, I didn't the way the page breaks were falling didn't work for me. So so pretty much it was as you point out, editing comics once they're done is could be a nightmare. Um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I fortunately didn't. You know I. I it was, you know, editing text and stuff was fun, and I think it made it a lot stronger. And cleaning up some of the art was was the bulk of what I did. Mm-hmm. But there's no, if you had the two next to each other, you you know, you might not notice. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Well, you know, it, it, really, this has been fascinating, really, to hear you talk about the book and and its and and how it grew. I mean, is there anything? Um, you know that I that I haven't asked, and I'm sure I haven't. <laughs> that you know you think really you'd love readers to know. I, you know I just want to uh, give you a chance. Wow, so it's a uh, it's a broad question. Um, you know I kind of because the 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 review brought this page up. I kind of want to talk. There, there's a page of all text in there. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I, you did mention that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And yeah, if you don't 
since you gave me the opportunity, yeah, let's bring it up. Um, this is I, I, it's, it's like the fourth or fifth page in chapter th- three. Okay. Um, and this is this is this is the chapter where we talk about comics sort of formally, and um, and you know before I've just been using comics and not mentioned that that's what we're doing, but but here I sort of turn to the reader quite directly and say, um, you know, this is what we're doing and why, and and the page is this. So it's all text. It looks exactly like dissertation should be, and it has a illustration in it. So sort of embedded in it, the way uh, you know it's like listed as Figure One. And anyhow, oh so, right, yes, yes, and that's in the shape of our thoughts. Yeah, in the shape yeah. of our thoughts, chapter three. I, I yeah. don't remember. It's like page four or five or yes. something like. Um, yeah. So so it's this it's this textual thing, and it talks about Plato and the distrust of images throughout history from. Anyway, it's it's a very formal description of what's going on and why this work matters. Mm-hmm. But so you you know in academia you 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 turn these things into the office of doctoral studies and they check for citations and corrections and things like that. Um, and this thing came back, so it's all images. So mm-hmm. you know it came back with no comments except for this page. And on this page, as you'll, you know, there's that figure. There's the one drawing that's sort of offset from the rest from the text. Um, and the 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 correction was, you have a figure on page. It was page 47 in the dissertation, and you don't have a list of figures at the beginning. So you need to have you need to have a text page at the beginning that says figure one, page 47. Um, I don't know if this is making sense to you on a, it, well, a, a it seems like sort of just sort of a pro performer requirement of some kind or? it's a performer requirement, but it's so wonderfully i mean I never would have thought how brilliant this is, but it points out how the sort of ridiculousness of of the constraints of form in thinking like you know so here's a book of hundred and thirty pages or so of images, <laughs> and at the beginning of it it has this this list of figures that points to exactly one page, which is the page of all text, which is the only page that anyone knew how to critique in that office because <laughs> that's what they're used to. Um, so I, I was really, it's not in the book, it's only in the dissertation, but I was happy to have that, uh, you know, cause people often ask, like, how did, you know, how did you get this through? And that that's really the only sort of humorous thing that's that, that got checked off by someone. It's, Anyhow, yeah, <laughs> makes more sense if you're looking at it, I suppose. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I well, at this point, I have the the the, the tendency, and and this is always a, this is a kind of a strange irony to, to to someone whose book is just coming out to sort of ask them what else they're working <laughs> on. I, uh, I I know you're not, you know, you're you're still focused on this book, but but where does this book take you now? The completion of this book, I should say. Yeah. Um, that's a great. That's a pressing question here. Um, <laughs> I know. I, well, it's an unfair question. I mean, I, I would imagine you're still very preoccupied with this book in other uh, ways. Will there be some sort of? Are you going to be? I mean, obviously you're a professor, so you're talking about it. Will there be some opportunities for you to to do talks on the book, or is uh, uh, Harvard University Press working on that in any way? Um. Well, there. Yeah, I mean, I've got conference travel coming up, so I'll be talking about it. I mean, the last several years has been sort of proselytizing for yeah. comics in education, and and I expect that will continue. And and I have, uh, not to be announced yet, but I have I have a number of things that will come up okay. and chances to talk about the work. 
So I'm, you know, I mean, I really, really love speaking to audiences, especially of, I mean, I like comics people, of course, but, um, but I like the non-comics audience to, to kind of see the possibilities for comics. Mm, um, sure. so, I, so I really expect both in my teaching, I teach a course called Comics as a Way of Thinking here at Calgary uh, in the fall. Um, I expect in teaching and talks, I really want to get people, to get non-comics people to say, there's something to this. Um, and as for my own work, uh, I, I have a sense that I'm going to make something maybe slightly more specific about making comics, but, um, but I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but, but I, but I also know I really, you know, and there is more research coming out in comics form and I, I intend to make comics on any topic in, in, I mean, research in comics form on any topic and also sort of see what I can do to push that. Uh, I'm actually, I'm on a startup journal, um, that and my role is going to be to sort of champion research in comics form. So I'd like to help cultivate that field and see what n- new ways of doing it we can see. I mean, I've even written a couple of pieces about a couple of professors who are sort of probing, creating textbooks. Yeah. Um, right. There's an economics comics. textbook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a business and there's a business professor that does actually a business management professor who's done several. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's been some things, yeah. Um, and, and actually, now that I bring him up, I mean, his, in many ways, his books do evoke the business. He kind of creates stories that embody the the um, business principles he's trying to. Oh yeah, uh, I haven't. Uh, I know the about. book, but I haven't read it. Um, cool. uh, well, I, look, well, this has been a great conversation. I hope my questions haven't been too rambling. Um, you know, <laughs> I hope my answers uh, haven't been too. But rambling. I mean. This is we come a long way. I, I think I met you walking the aisles of Mocha, and so, yeah. that's the first time I saw your comics, and I was blown away then that uh, you were working on in this area, and you've come full circle to publishing um, to publishing the book. Yeah, no, it's kind of fun. It's 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 nicer than I mean I like giving away little floppy copies of it, but it's kind of fun to see. Uh, Something with a spine. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you have, you, you've absolutely uh, created a book with great intellectual spine. How's that for a segue? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, Nick, uh, thanks so much for being on More to Come, and good luck with the book. Yeah, thank you so much, Calvin.